Savior. Amen, amen. God, praising my Savior all the day long. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I like to first give honor to God, who is the head of my life, the keeper of my soul, for he is great and good unto me. I'd like to thank my pastors for giving me the opportunity to come before you this morning, being able to lift up the name of Jesus, to give him the honor that is due only to him. I'd like to thank my family and friends and Refuge Ministries for tuning in today. And I give God glory because there is a word in the house today. And I'd like to thank Mom Harrison and Sister Denise Burrell and Reverend Denise Burrell for singing, This Is My Story. And that we have a blessed assurance, Jesus in mind. We'll continue on in this particular service, but let us give you the title. And Minister Juanetta just kept saying, you got to give me a title. But finally, late last night, I said, Juanetta, here's your title. The final harvest is coming. But glory to God and thanks be to God, but not yet. But it's coming. When we look at this parable of the wheat and the tares, during Jesus' ministry on earth, he often spoke to the people in parables. In this particular chapter of Matthew 13, he gives several different parables to convey truth in an allegory. He uses different characters and signs to show the life of the kingdom. This parable read for you by Reverend Iantha is about the wheat and the tares. It's a fictitious narrative with spiritual implications. The leading character is Jesus, the owner of the field, the servants, angels who work the field, the field, which is the world, wheat, the people of God, and tears the enemy and the evil that has infiltrated the world. Lord God, give us this time together to hear your word clear and true. And I ask right now that I decrease and that you hide me behind your blood that I'm not seen, but you are seen and you are heard and that your word is executed within the world, earth realm. And it does not come back to you void. I thank you again for your power and your strength to even stand today and to do your bidding. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> this parable has been preached many times. <clears throat> There are different options that have been done with this particular parable. But today, I want to show you something that I've seen earlier this week. That this aspect of this particular parable that has been preached as if it's concerning the church is not necessarily a representation of the church. Now, I've heard it preached, and it did indeed sound good to me. And to some extent, it works. But there is a place for the church discipline within the body of Christ. 
So as Pastor Ayanka said to us, he let the wheat grow up with the tares. In the church, there is church discipline within the body of Christ to be carried out by the leaders and the people of God. I know that this does not happen much today, but throughout the Bible, you will see the apostles not only establishing churches, but they were actively involved correcting, warning the saints about their division, about false teaching, inappropriate behavior at gatherings, overwhelming rebellion against God's ordained authority. If you look in the Old Testament at some of the stories of Moses, you will see and understand how we need to appreciate God's mercy and his grace. For with Moses, he dealt with Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, who had come up against him, come up against his authority. And by the end, the Bible says that the earth opened up and they went down, all of them, their family, alive. In the book of Joshua, look at the story of Achan, one who decided that he wanted to take the undefiled thing after God said, leave it there. The Bible says that the people came and stoned him and his family and everything that pertained to him. There is a place for church discipline. There may be some weeding that needs to take place in the body of Christ so that we may function as one in harmony and love. We may lose a few members along the way. Now, I'm not saying they're unsaved. You just might find those church hoppers, you know. You say something to them, they jump from one church to the other. That's going to happen. I didn't say they weren't saved, but they jump. You said something I didn't like. We may lose a church member along the way, but when done in wisdom and love of God, the door is always open for repentance. This is why it's not the final harvest. Again, if you take some time and look at Matthew 18, 15 to 17, and I know you've heard the story. We're going to just go through it very quickly. The NIV has a subtitle called Correct Another Believer. <laughs> Correct Another Believer. So this quickly tells me that here we have members of a church who, a member who went to confront his brother and sister about an offense. If the problem had been resolved right then and there, we'd be done with the story. But however, he eventually has to bring two or three witnesses because the problem wasn't resolved. It still isn't resolved. And clearly the word says, bring the issue to the church. Now, I know your first thought is it isn't the church's business about the feuding between me and my brother or sister. I know you don't want the church in your business, but if you handle your own business, they wouldn't have to come. Well, as a child of God, the disputes within disrupt the business of the kingdom. Now, that's an issue. The lifestyle on the inside of the church 
is being witnessed by those on the outside of the church. Then we're wondering why folks won't come and worship with us at the church. You know you've invited folks from your job, but guess what? They've heard about the things going on at your church. These weeds are not to be left growing among the people of God. We must hold the people of God accountable, pull them to the carpet lovingly. These are the souls entrusted into our hands. We need leaders that are wise as serpents, yet gentle as a dove. Jesus had a way of cutting to the core of the Pharisees, and they despised him for exposing and dealing with their sin. Some of them changed their ways. Others remained, remained determined to reject him. We must be aware that the final harvest is coming, but thanks be to God, not yet. We still must go forth and reach the loss. Others looked at this particular parable and said, it's meant for individuals. Because sometimes there seems to be wheat and tear growing in our hearts. But I suggest to you again that this is not that parable. Because when we go through the parable of the wheat and the weeds, we will see this is not the position we should take concerning weeds in our lives. Because Reverend Iantha said that the owner said, leave the weeds and the tear to grow. However, in our hearts, we must listen and obey the word of God and discipline ourselves. Self-discipline, discipline ourselves. We do not always need someone to come and tell us when we are out of order. You know, we know, I know, all God's children know when we are out of order. We have enough relationship with God and guidance from the Holy Spirit to check out our own backyard. We must go out and dig the weeds around our plants. Sometimes they may be short and stubby, but we know the difference between a tulip and a weed. Take care of it. Examine your heart and motives. Set aside every word, weight, and sin that easily besets us. That's what the word says. It's our duty to look on the inside. Face yourself in the mirror. It ain't as cute as you think it is. Again, I submit to you this, that this is not that parable because it does not fit that particular circumstance. This parable is about the final harvest is coming, but glory be to God, <laughs> Not yet. This particular parable, the sower is Jesus, and for sure we know that the seed he sent forth to be planted in the field is good. However, the enemy of God came by night to sow among the wheat a boatload of weeds. You know he didn't drop one seed. He tried to cover the field. You know how it is in your own garden and lawns. 
My lawn first started out as a rock garden. I don't know what was going on in that dirt. It took my husband and I several weeks to remove most of the rocks. I know we went together after that to get some good soil and good grass seed. At least that's what the box said and the bag said. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. We did not till the ground. Ain't nobody trying to do all that. But we did, or my husband did, bless his heart. He laid out the soil, had a little fertilizer in it. He sprinkled the seeds. He got out the hose and sprayed it a little bit. We waited for the rain of God to help even wet it even more. But today, I can truly tell you, somehow or other, the blades of grass I saw on the bag are not the same ones I see in my lawn. Somehow or another, the weeds had quickly moved upon my lawn to try to overtake my grass. Isn't that just like the enemy? God plants good seed, and here he comes with a counterfeit, trying to disrupt the process of the growth of the wheat. The final harvest is coming, hover glory to God, not yet. According to one of the commentaries, the people during the time of Jesus lived in an agricultural setting. Their lifestyle was either fishing or farming. They understood this parable because every now and then, some rival farmer would come and sow weeds in their fields of wheat. The weed that they had in Palestine is called a darnel. At its early stage, it is in mature stage, it doesn't look that much different from wheat. If you notice in the text, it grew up. And then the servants noticed it. So when they're coming up and they're young, you can't quite tell what's happening. The commentary goes on and says, however, the, the wheat formed a larger head at the top. And now you can see that they're not identical. This distinction allowed the servants to question the owner, the master of the field. They asked, did you not sow good seed? Now, how did these weeds appear? Glory to God, the owner knew right away. There's a culprit among us. These weeds were deliberately sown among the wheat while the people were sleeping, while the servants were sleeping. And under the cover of darkness, the enemy brought havoc to the world and then quietly slipped away. Yes. We, the wheat, will be in close contact with the weeds. Get over it. They will take the root, take root in the same soil. Receive the same rays from the sun and the drenching, cooling rains from the sky. They will look as though they're doing well. They are being blessed, yet they do not honor the blesser. We must not fear, become envious, or doubt 
because we know who has called us to be the wheat. Remember, the Bible said he reigns on the just and the unjust. Remember that the owner decided that they would both stay in the ground together. You see, by the time the servants could tell the wheat from the tares, the roots had become entangled. The owner realized that the pulling of the seeds now, they may disturb the roots of the young wheat. But how many of us know that God will keep his people in the midst of it all? Because huh. in the midst of the pandemic, has he not kept you? In the midst of a hurricane, and even though we got just a tail end of it, did he not keep you? In the midst of flooding waters, has he not kept you? In the midst of being broke, poor, not having anything and not having enough, oh, he's kept you. In the midst of a setback, because he's setting you up for the ultimate victory, oh, he has kept you. <laughs> Excuse me. I know you may be tired. And it seems that trouble is on every hand, but God said, leave the wheat where it is. There is a coming of time for the whole earth, from every nation, from every tribe, from every village and family, to come to meet their maker. According to the commentaries, this Darnell weed carries a fungus that can contaminate the wheat. We know some of us, wheat I'm talking about, wheat, have been contaminated by the things of this world. But because of God's goodness and faithfulness, he has provided a savior, an intercessor, Jesus, who is God, praying to God, the Father, for us. That's good news to me. That's a good word for me. See, when I think about we have a praying God that prays to God and the Holy Spirit making utterance on our behalf, prayers to God concerning us. So we've got God praying to himself about us. How are we losing? I come to tell you this morning, we can't help but grow taller than the weeds. We must mature and trust in him. Sometimes we may look at those who deny Jesus and think they are living that lavish life. Or as one of the songs says, the marvelous life. But let me tell you, ill-gotten gain fleets. Violence and tragedy, tragedy follows them. And it only lasts but a little while. What we are standing for is the desire to please God. One of my favorite scriptures is Enoch. His desire was hmm, to please God. To deliberately know him intimately is what we want. We want to serve the people of God, witness to the loss, and gain eternal life. 
You know the warnings of God for the wheat. Love not the world or the things of this world, for it will not be long because the final harvest is coming, but not yet. Continue to live on. Continue to live on. Every now and then I get out my own brand of weed, be gone. You are going to have to create your own mixture of weed, be gone. My weed be gone is shaking up in a bottle as a whole lot of prayer. Hmm. A good helping of praise. A large dose of the promises of the word of God mixed with some old-fashioned good crying. Sometimes I don't know what I may need to pull out those weeds. But I know one thing, I may not be able to pull them out, but I can spray a little of my weed be gone and make them back up out of my face. The, the, the old folks would say, get thee behind me, Satan. All they was doing is saying, I'm pulling out my weed be gone. You have to back up off of me. You have to give me some space so I can look to the hills for what's coming for my help. We know that Satan is not going to die because I got out my weed be going. The Bible already said the tears is going to be here. But it didn't say I can't push him over to the side, move him out my way. He just does not understand. The enemy just does not understand that as we of God are going to grow and mature and reach heights in God that he will never see again, that he will never experience again. Because the enemy has seen and tasted God, but he's lost it. I'm growing up straight and tall, lifted high, waiting for Jesus to come. We have to remind the enemy, we may be in the same field, in the same earth, same world, but our destiny is in Jesus, and his is in hell. When we were young wheat, the uprooting of the seeds would have also pulled us. But Jesus come, But when Jesus comes back, he's going to separate the wheat from the tares. When Jesus comes, for us, it is okay that our roots are a little loose this time from the soil. Because now huh, it's over. It's a done deal, finished. We are on our way to glory, to a place where the Sabbath will have no end. We will see his face. We will hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. See, the harvest, the final harvest is coming. What I'm calling for today is that we take your place, represent him in the earth realm. I know there is still some wheat looking, smelling like the tares, like weeds. It may be our children, nieces, nephews, mother, father, sister, brother. But in time, if we represent the king, if we continue to lift him high, then we will, they will outgrow the enemy of this world and take their place 
as the mature wheat God has sown. We are indeed the wheat of God. Coming into my conclusion, I hope you realize that this parable is about the final harvest because it's coming. But glory to God, it's just not yet. So wheat, I need you to prepare separating from the weeds. Those weeds will be gathered and tied and bundled into the fire, the word says. The sons of the devil, those who are lawless, rejecting the truth of Jesus, will be tied and bundled and tossed into the fire. Then we which are wheat will be elevated. The harvesting of the wheat, the children of God gathered to be with him. In the kingdom of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Those who may find themselves not having accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. The harvest, the final harvest, it is coming. But not today, or at least not at this moment. Jesus is calling, knocking at your door of your heart, and giving you an opportunity to be in the harvest of the people of God. This is available to you right now. This is your opportunity to accept him as your savior. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and that he is sitting right now at the right hand of the father interceding on your behalf. There's a section all the way down at the end of chapter 13. And it really gives an explanation of the weeds and the tares, and the wheat and the tares, excuse me. And it quickly says this, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So today we're asking that you hear the word of the Lord. Hearken unto his call that you accept him as your Lord and Savior. Now, those who may be in a backslidden state, get out your mixture of weed, be gone. And do that what you know to do. Back the enemy up. Back him up off your area. Give yourself the room you need to reach the height of wheat above the weeds. Keep growing, keep praying, keep speaking with the Lord. What is the, ad push the adversity away from you? Knowing you have the blessed assurance, Jesus belongs to us. So my sisters and brother, wheat, I had minister Morel send blessed assurance. Jesus is mine with purpose in mind. Wheat, you have that blessed assurance. And we offer it unto those who are unsaved. Jesus belongs to us. We have tasted the foretaste of his glory divine. We are the heirs of salvation. We have been purchased by God. We are born of his spirit and washed in his blood. This is our story. This is our song. We're going to praise our Savior all the day long. This is our story.
So we lift up your heads, sing the song of praise. We're going to praise our Savior all the day long. It is the head that is held high toward the Son, our Lord and Savior. The final harvest, mm -hmm, it's coming, but not yet. Now is the time to decide to be the wheat, the people of God, because we are destined to be with him in the kingdom. And I tell you, that is good news. On that, we can keep going. On that, well, I ain't going to worry about the tear to the left or the tear to the right, because I can live. Because I have Jesus. I have been given the promise of life. Now and abundantly and in the future. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Thank you.